This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Welcome to Inside the Jungle, your show for all things Auburn basketball. I am one of your co-hosts, Chandler Fullman, and I am joined alongside with my good friend um, and basketball connoisseur, Jace Phillips. Uh, Jace, how's it going tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Chandler. A lot better with my team being 7-0. Yes, a uh, lot, lot better with our team being 7-0. I will tell you what, it's a lot better than being 6-1 like another team on in our state. I'd have to agree. Um, but... Um, we, uh, our last episode, we, we talked about the exhibition, the George Mason and the South Florida game. Um, and we apologize for the, uh, length of time between episodes, but this episode, we will have five different games to talk about and discuss, um, with Winthrop, Texas Southern, and then, uh, our team traveled down to Cancun, Mexico, and played Bradley and Northwestern in the Cancun Challenge, and then came back home to play St. Louis in Neville Arena. So, Jace, why don't you lead us off by uh, talking about the Winthrop game? Yeah, so that Winthrop game, uh, we finally started to shoot the ball pretty well. You know, we first couple games, we kind of talked about how our depth is really kind of what got us through those two games. Didn't shoot the ball very well, um, but that depth really kind of pulled us through those first couple games. But going into Winthrop, we really started to shoot the ball better. Um, I think we were almost 40% from three. Um, you know, just we were spreading the ball around. I think we had three guys scoring double figures. Um, and we were really just um, starting to find a groove on offense. Yeah, I thought I was very impressed um, by the offensive output um, during the Winthrop game. And if I'm not correct, I want to say that is the uh, our season high in points. I believe in so. points scored um, during that game. Um, I thought that was a a very good game um, played by Auburn. Yeah, and I feel like Winthrop. Um, it was a pretty solid team. Yeah, um, I agree. They definitely had a couple of, of veteran leaders that um, gave us some trouble. But I just want to take a minute. What about Janiah Broom? 18 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, if that doesn't show you the kind of player that he could be for us this season, I don't know it does. Yeah, I will say, um, and probably shouldn't talk about this till later, but I can't can't resist. Um, Janiah Broom is – a pivotal, probably I would say one of the most important players for Auburn, maybe him and Wendell Green. Um, not necessarily, and I, I do think they just, I mean, they probably are the best two overall players as well, but I think they are the most important and critical players because behind Wendell and Janai is a huge, or I feel like a big drop-off. Um, Janai, after Janai, our next big man, our, our next best big man is not really anywhere close to Janai's skill level. Oh. Our, I, I feel like our next best point guard behind Wendell. I mean, Zelp is a good point guard, but Zelp cannot shoot the ball like Wendell can. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like those are our, our two most important players, um, in my opinion. What would would you say? Would you agree? 
I'd agree. They're definitely two of the biggest ones. I also feel like you you can't leave out KD Johnson when you're yeah. talking about uh, most important players. KD, um, you know, ever since even last year having Jabari and Walker, KD was the heart and soul of that team, and he he brought the energy whenever we needed somebody to to. To, to come in and give us a spark, you could always count on on KD to do that. And you know, if if he missed a shot, he was going to turn around and go get a steal on the defensive end, and and you know, go get the points that he wishes he would have had the last time. Yeah, and talking about KD, that leads perfect into us talking about the Texas Southern game um, that Auburn won seventy two to fifty six um, to move to four and zero on the season. Um, because KD Johnson was the leading scorer during that game. He had 16 points. Um, very critical was he was uh, six of six from the free throw line, or six of seven from the free throw line, um, four of eight from the field, and two of five from the three point line. Um, he was followed by two guys that are kind of surprising, kind of not surprising. Jalen Williams and Chris Moore both had 14 points. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say, and I think you would agree, that Chris Moore is the m- more surprising of the two yeah. um, with that. Um, but Chris Moore had a had a heck of a game. He sure has, and he's had a heck of a, a good, you know, heck of a start to the season. I mean, three for four from the three point line. I think that really stands out for a player like Chris Moore. You don't, you know, it's, he's not a guy that you look to to necessarily be a three point shooter. But if he can you know, be that kind of threat from the three-point line. He's a player that's hard to defend. And um, three for three from the line, um, seven rebounds. Um, and he plays really, really good defense without usually committing many dumb fouls. Um, and, and that's something that a lot of the time's hard to do for a bigger guy, especially when he'll come out and, and guard somebody one-on-one. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think Chris Moore could be a, a pivotal player Um Coming March or coming or going into March, um, with with his talent and his skill set, I think that could really uh, really benefit Auburn. But why don't we go ahead and head down to the beach and head down to Cancun, Mexico, um, and where Auburn played in the Cancun Challenge. Um, I I had some acquaintances that went, but I've not spoken with any of them. Um, since then, but it looked like a really, really fun trip um, that uh, I wish I could have gone on, and I know you wish you yes. could have gone on. Um, Dadgum school gets in the way. Yeah, and, it does. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny how uh, now that we have, me and Jace have both graduated college, um, it, it really stinks how a full-time job really gets in the way of traveling for Auburn basketball. Um, it's, it really, it's really disappointing, but, um, anyways, this first game in Cancun, uh, the semifinal game versus Bradley, in my opinion, was the best game that I have seen Auburn play this entire season so far. I would have to agree. I know that we didn't, it wasn't our season high, but as far as just shooting the basketball and defending and just you know, really out there having fun and clicking as a team on both sides of the ball. It's the best we've looked in any game so far. Yeah, we had uh, four different players in double digits uh, with Wendell and Janai both having 14. Five, five players, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. 
Wendell and Janai both having 14, KD having 13, Allen having uh, 12, and Jalen Williams having 11. That is spreading the wealth out pretty good, it I would say. Definitely is. And and what about shooting 47% from the three as a team? Yeah, that was going to be the next point that I mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned that. Eight of 17 from the three-point line. I don't know if we've made more than like four three-pointers in a game other than this all season. Yeah. Um, I know the first, I think, two or three games, we went like three of 25, four of 25, I mean, it was pretty atrocious. And then for some reason, somehow, some way, we came out that game and shot 8 of 17 from 3, 31 of 55 from the field, shooting well above 50%, and also 15 of 20 from the free, uh, from the free throw line for 75%. Um, by far, I would say, our best shooting night of the year. I'd have to agree. Even from the free throw line, 75% as a team. Um, and you know, while I hope that, you know, it does get a little higher compared to the first few games and how we shot the ball at the free throw line, that was a a much better improvement, um, at the free, at the line as well. Yeah. So I think that I would agree that that was a, a very impressive, uh, shooting performance from Auburn. Um, and I think we should just stop there. Um, just go ahead and end this episode there because these next two games <laughs> were uh, – well, I think my sister had a cheer growing up. It went like, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. And that's what Auburn shooting was like. Um, 43 points scored against Northwestern, and that was probably the one of the ugliest basketball games I have seen, or I have ever seen, period. 43 to 42, 42, Auburn gets the win. Yeah, and let me tell you, that speaks volumes right there because it is very hard to stay aggressive on defense when you have absolutely nothing going your way on offense. Um, And and you're going to have games like that. Um, And the fact that our defense, you know, is so tough and so physical and – defends the ball so well without fouling um that is going to be something that keeps us in just about every game we play even when we're not shooting well yeah i would i would agree with that and um this game was similar uh shooting statistic um as we had talked about before the bradley game um we actually made we were five of 21 from the three-point line um and 12 of 18 from the free throw line so if my math is correct, five three-pointers is 15 points, then 12 free throws is 27 points. So we only had, I would, I guess, eight, eight two-point baskets the entire game. Yeah. Um, and that just shows you how awful this, the shooting was during this game. Yeah. And what about the fact that we only, we only forced eight turnovers – the whole game so we forced northwestern to take that many either bad shots because of our defensive pressure or contested shots um and you know to only give up eight turnovers or to only turn them over eight times and to only give up 42 points you know usually um in a game like that you're you're forced forcing them to turn the ball over a lot but in this case it was just every shot just about for them was contested yeah um 
and this is just extremely random. Um, and but I, I see a stat line, and it is quite disappointing. What? Who is one player that you are surprised at how how non impressed you are? He has played this year. I would probably say with all the hype we had coming in and how big of a flip it was, it would be Yoan Treor. Well, I that's that's that I, I don't disagree with that one, but I was going to say Chance Westry. Um, Chance Westry is um, he's not playing bad necessarily, but um, after Israel, um, I think he was the leading scorer in Israel like two out of the three games. I am kind of sad or I guess kind of disappointed with how Chance Westry has looked through this first seven games. But, I mean, who knows? This is, you know, it's, it is still very early on. Um, we're nowhere close to conference play. So um, things could definitely change around. Um, but I just saw his stat line from this Northwestern game, 0 of 3 shooting, 0 of 2 from the three-point line, 0 of 2 from the free throw line, zero points. I would have um, to agree, but – I will say with Chance, he does have the fact that he was recovering from an injury. Yeah. You know, Yoan Treor, he was a, I believe, a top 25 player. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he was a big-time scorer. And, you know, I just, you know, for one, he's not taking a ton of shots. Um, but I just, you know, I was expecting to – after watching, you know, us play in Israel, I was expecting him to step up a little bit earlier in the season. And I will say um, something that um, I have, or something to note, is you both Yoan and Chance Westry are both freshmen. That is true. And this is seven games into their freshman year. Um, we can't expect everybody to be Jabari. I mean – I mean, I know that's what we want everybody to be, um, but just realistically, that's not that's not realistic. Um, so, I am sure that both of these guys will come on strong um, as we go about the rest of the year, and I hope to be uh, I hope to be uh, taking my words back um, about how unimpressed I am because I really feel like they are going to come on strong and be a key part of this team. Um, during the, especially once we entered the SEC part of the season, I agree they're going to have um, to be. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be a, a strong, a strong part of the team. Something else that one quick thing I want to note from this Northwestern game is: Do you know who our re- leading rebounder was? Chris Moore. Wrong. Point guard Wendell Green had ten rebounds. Wow. Ten rebounds. Um, he only had two points, but that's not saying much compared to the rest of the team. We only had two guys in double figures with KD having 12 and Jalen having 11. Um, that is and 23 out of the 43 points. That's over 50% of the points from those two players. Yeah. And they had 12 and 11 points. So you know it was going to be a bad offensive night if that, if that stat is true. Yeah. Um, but somehow, some way, we pulled out the win. Um, and... That's what matters at the end of the day. Uh, and come March when the selection committee is is picking and choosing and seeding where, where to seed you, that's what's going to matter. That's right. Getting getting the W and not having that L. Also of note is KD Johnson 
was seven to seven from the free throw line. Um, that was critical because we, we won by one point. I mean, um, having him go seven to seven was extremely important. So, um, great job by KD uh, during that game. Definitely. But, Jace, I'll let you uh, conclude us, uh, or not conclude the episode, but conclude us with our last game that we will discuss um, with St. Louis uh, at home. Yeah. So this was a very, very big game, and Bruce harped on that. You know, I, I believe in an um, interview after the, uh, I believe, Northwestern game, uh, he said that St. Louis was a team that will play at home this year. Um, you know, we'll only play about three other opponents that are as tough as the team as St. Louis at home. Um, and so, I mean, he is – comparing them to SEC-quality opponents. Um, I believe they were top 50 in the Kimpom rankings. Uh, you know, I even had seen some preseason projections had them at even on the five or six seed line for the NCAA tournament. So this was a very, very quality opponent coming into it. And, and man, we just kind of saw more of just the, you know, especially in the second half, just offensively just struggling um, but defense, you know, holding strong and, and, you know, ultimately giving us a chance to win. And this is the game where I'm talking about a guy like Katie Johnson really steps up and, and really brings the energy in a time where we needed it there at the end. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, just something that I've got to point out from this game that was just, I guess, shocking to me was St. Louis went – Three of three from the free throw line during the first half. Second half, one of 11. One out of 11 free throws for 9% from the free throw line during the second half. Well, I'm glad they did. Uh, I mean, they had to be that bad um, in order for us to win because if they would have made just, I mean, obviously, what, six more and gone, what, seven out of 11, which is not good, but... I mean, it's solid, but it's not good. Um, if they had gone 7 out of 11, they would have beat us. Yeah. So, um, we, I mean, I but guess But that's also be- to say we were only 63% from the line. And while that's, while that's not great, um, or sorry, while that's not awful, it's all, definitely not great either. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I can figure um, and the only thing I can contribute this to is um, the one of 11 from the free throw line for St. Louis is Coconut Brawl guy. Um, coconut, there's a guy that wears a coconut brawl behind, <laughs> behind the, and gets behind the basket while the other team is shooting free throws. And, I mean, obviously it's working. I mean, one of 11, I mean, isn't that what you would give 100% of the uh, success rate for Auburn to? I mean... I guess so. I, I didn't know if he goes down to that goal, too, or not. Normally he does it when he's on the end uh, opposite of the band, but I didn't see him. Maybe he worked his magic on the other end this game. I mean, yeah, it, it was 3-3 three of three from the first half, and then he go, we go down to the other end, and it's 1-11. of 11. I mean, I don't think it's luck. No. It's obviously coconut brawl, guy. I mean, um, definitely. But Wendell Green... Um, he had 22 points during this game was, I mean, it's super important. I can't, uh, I cannot stress his importance enough. Seven of 14 from the field, six of eight from 
the free throw line and two of six from the three-point line with 22 points. The only other player in double digits was um, Janai Broom with 11. Um, but just, I mean, huge, huge game from Win for, for uh, from Wendell. Yeah, and hu- huge win to build our resume. You know, I feel like we, we only have, you know, very, very few um, – tournament type opponent so far this year and so having this this win under our belt is huge and did we play great no did we play great against northwestern no but in march lord no against northwestern (laughs) but but in march if they see if they see the number in the win column that's all that's going to matter a win is a win that's right that's that's what that's what we're talking about yeah um but previewing uh the next the next two or three games for Auburn, um, they are versus um, versus Colgate this Friday night, mm-hmm. and then um, we are off for over a week. Um, and I'm guessing, um, I'm almost positive that this is going to be finals week for for the students um, here at Auburn. Um, I'm yeah, not positive it is. that next week but, is finals yeah. week, yeah. but. Um, that's why we are off all week. But then next Saturday we go to Atlanta and play in the Holiday Hoopsgiving um, exhibition game versus Memphis, which that should be a, a good challenge for this Auburn team. Um, and then back home uh, versus Georgia State on December 14th. Um, so I think, I mean, I Before think- we have – a tough road stretch there to end non-conference play. Two, two pretty quality Pac-12 opponents um, at USC and at Washington. You know yeah. those would be two huge resume boosters. Um, you know before we go into conference play. And I mean I don't think it's uh, over. Uh, I mean talking about the next three games, um, I don't think it's secret that Memphis is going to be the. Uh, the team that we're most excited to play um, in that three-game stretch um, with the other two teams being Georgia State and Colgate. Um, I did not know that um, Colgate had a college. Um, That must mean that the toothpaste industry has done very well um, if they are able to create an entire college. Um, But, well... I know that they have made a run, or not a run in the tournament, but they have uh, made the tournament and competed with a couple of of real quality programs here in the past few years. Yeah, that yeah, I will. Say, I think last was it last year, or two years ago, that they were a fourteen seed yeah. in the tournament. Um, so Colgate is is no, they're nothing to play around with, nothing mm-hmm. to mess around with. But I know. Jay's was going to give us a, a, a quick update on the women's basketball team. And the, um, the one thing that I will, I guess, start off from that game or from talking about women's basketball is probably something that most Auburn fans have heard about is the extremely poor playing conditions and extremely poor, I guess, tournament put on in Las yes. Vegas. Um, Jace, what can you tell us about the Las Vegas uh, – tournament and um i mean we know it was played in a ballroom 
to start. Right. Well, I don't even know if it was – it might have even been a conference room. It was yeah, – yeah, yeah, I think it was even a conference room. I don't even think it was a ballroom. But um, we we had freshman standout Carissa Richards go down um, in the second half. Had to wait 55 minutes for there to be any kind of medical attention or, or medical staff on site for the game. Um, the court, I mean, it, it was obvi- obviously, you know, games are played in ballrooms, but it it was almost as if it was, you know, just kind of thrown in there last minute. There wasn't hardly anywhere for fans to sit. Yeah, I think I saw there, some of the videos, people were just standing around. There were no stands. Yeah. Um, that I, or I read that there were no stands at all. Um, not even, not even a two or three rows. There was none at all. So, um, just very poor conditions um, for a a tournament, especially that featured um, Indiana, the number six women's basketball right. team in the nation. Yeah. Um, and their Indiana's head coach and I think a player came out and was just talked about the horrible conditions and the very disappointing conditions and how that. Uh, they're constantly trying to grow women's basketball and trying to grow the game, and they took a they took a few steps back during this tournament. Yeah, I'd have to agree, um, but but nonetheless, um, you know, Johnny Harris and and company were off to a four and two start, um, which is a pr- pretty good start um, for her second year on the plains. Um, you know, we talked about last time she opened up with wins against Sam Houston and South Alabama, and we had kind of previewed that Georgia Tech game, just kind of talking about how big of a win that would be. And while we did come up short, man, we really competed. We had a huge – I believe we got down by either 12 or 13 at one time and and came all the way back in the second half to tide, and ultimately it, we just kind of ran out of energy, got down too big too early – um, and ended up falling 57-51. Um, we bounced back and beat Alabama State um, by about 40. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, even though that's a game you're expected to win, I feel like that kind of gave our girls some confidence going going into Las Vegas. Um, and while we did come up short against number six Indiana, man, we really competed. I believe even going to the fourth quarter, we had kept it within a 10-point game. And, you know, Auburn – even competing with a top 10 um, ranked program at the time, you know, that was something that we didn't even hear of four or five years ago. So um, just in her second year, she's already beat one top five ranked team and competing with the number six ranked team this year. You know, I really think that just kind of shows the good direction that Coach Harris, um, Coach Jay has us going in. Um, And then getting a big win against Colorado State, um, to to finish out that Las Vegas tournament, um, I believe Colorado State had only lost one game, um, but, so they were a very decent ball club, and um, we defeated them seventy four seventy three. Honesty Scott Grayson and Aisha Kulabali both scoring sixteen. Um, so you know, really really excited for this team, and I really think they have a lot of potential. Um, I believe we face Little Rock at home tomorrow. Um, and then coming up, I believe Saturday, we have UCF and UCF's women's program is kind of hit the, hit the ball running here the last couple of years. Um, they, I believe they, they made the tournament and maybe won a couple games last year. So, 
Um, UCF's women's program is really good, and that'll be a really um, big resume booster if we could somehow find a way to win at home against UCF. Um, But, you know, to say all of that, you know, just – it shows, you know, what Coach Jay is trying to create here and establish, and these these women are really buying into what she's doing, I feel like. Yeah, I think our women's basketball is trending in the right direction, um, most definitely, and I'm excited to, uh, to see um, where they will go. Um, the last uh, minute or two of this episode, um, we would be failing if uh, we did not – mention at least um, Coach Hugh Freeze being hired as the Auburn football coach. Definitely. Um, and while he does um, obviously come with some baggage, um, I'm personally excited um, about uh, his his future at Auburn University. And um, I think we can, we can all agree that um, – We've all done some things wrong um, in the past, and um, and I think, I mean, if, if if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, um, if you ask for forgiveness, um, uh, I think that's that's enough. And who are we to judge? That's right. Um, what what happens um, while here on earth? Um, that's just my personal opinion, but I'm. Uh, for one, I'm one person that is excited about the future of Auburn football under Coach Hugh Freeze. Definitely. So, Looking forward to it. Um, so, But that'll do it um, for this episode of Inside the Jungle. Um, we will hopefully be back here in about a week um, or a week and a half, uh, maybe right after the Memphis game on December 11th um, or December 12th. Um, our episode will air, hopefully, uh to possibly to discuss the Memphis and the Colgate game. Um, but like I said, that'll do it on this time on Inside the Jungle and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.